0: Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Aggressively Show.
1: Sincere Hogan. Got Mike Maul on the other side. Hey, man. What's going on? I'm doing good, man. We got a great guest today. One of my favorites. Dr. Julio Garcia is on. We're going to talk to him in a second. But I actually wanted to start it off with a funny story that you were a part of, <laughs> you know, because you were out here in Vegas. It was it was last Monday when we were having lunch at Mint Bistro, right? That was a real Twilight Zone day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that there's was one a, of those. A, real a lot of WTF moments going on there. Yeah, day, that was it a weird probably. day, man. And, and Julio, you're going to be able to relate to this. I'm glad you're on because you live out here in Vegas as well, so I'm sure you've had days like this before. But, so first of all, we're having lunch at Mint Bistro over on, it's on Flamingo and Paradise around that area, which is a great Indian restaurant, great lunch buffet. And We had this we had this water guy that would just magically appear out of nowhere, right? We'd be in the middle of a conversation. All of a sudden, I see this guy's head pop up right behind spirit. <laughs> need some more water. <laughs> and it's like, every time the guy showed up, it startled us too, because it was like, we didn't see him at all in our peripheral vision. <laughs>
2: Ninja, ninja style.
1: Yeah, man, it was <laughs> Not hilarious. only that, it's just like
0: he would pop up, but when he would ask for water, you couldn't even understand it. So it was like, what the you want right beside me. I'm like, what in the hell, man? <laughs> like, you got to
1: quit creeping up on me like that, man. And then you have a full plate of food. He's like, are you done with that? He's like, how happy he had the plate in his head about <laughs> he to leave the table. He grabbed it and <laughs> as are you done with that? like, I guess I am floor. now. <laughs> alright right, man, you go take that one. I'll go load up another plate. <laughs> <laughs> then, we, look then, right, we, right. then we go to, Vincent's got a little bit of time, right? So we go to Whole Foods on, at Town Square near the airport, near the uh. air, rental car drop off. So, so we're just having a drink outside in front of the store. And first of all, we see these two ladies come up. They come in, they have a whole bunch of grocery bags. One of them stands with a grocery cart loaded with all the bags. The other one just disappears. We're like, okay, where did this person go? And then it seemed like maybe 10 minutes later, she pulls up and picks up the other lady. So she pulls up in front of the store, and they, they load up all the bags in there. <laughs> While I'm watching this, I'm thinking, why didn't both of you just take that cart to the car, load it up there, and then leave together, all right? <laughs> but that Not seems like, they're, like they're a very complicated process a cart. <laughs> Yeah, one's waiting with the bags. So the other one gets the car, and then they wow. load it up. And then, and then one is taking the cart to drop off. And instead of walking back to the car, the, the lady driving the car has already driven over to pick her up about 10 feet away, right? Holy because cow. God forbid you walk back 10 feet to the car. Yeah, really. It's
2: like the people at, at uh, the, the some of the fitness clubs here. They drive around right. for five minutes for a parking yeah. spot and then go inside and walk on a tre- treadmill. I'm
1: like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. They're, they're crazy. You could have just walked around the block and saved yourself a lot of time, <laughs> you know. Then uh, What's crazy is they, they weren't the only people that did that.
0: Like, yeah, that yeah, time exactly. period. Oh three or four my. other people in other situations did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at Mike like, what the hell are we looking at? What is going on? I mean, the fact that it's at Whole Foods makes it even more laughable. It's kind of like yeah. the guy that goes and what they Mike sent me this text. The guy went to <laughs> Whole Foods and he then, as soon as he walks out of Whole Foods, he, he lights up a
1: cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish we saw that guy. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, I
0: know. hey man, he got healthy by osmosis.
1: The fact that he was in Whole Foods is good enough. Okay. <laughs> and then sincere, I forget what you were talking about. But you go, you know what? I just, I don't need everything to be so sexy all the time. And then right when you said that, some girl in like hot red shorts walks right out of the store, right in your peripheral vision. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, well, you're
0: going to the grocery store, like, you're dressed like, I don't know, like, you're getting ready to go to, like, the, the
1: pool at the MGM or something, man. Well, she that's probably crazy. is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, pretty much 90% of strippers shop at Whole Foods. You know, they got to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. now, <laughs> now, the story gets a little bit, I mean, a lot of people are listening to this. They're going, hey, what's the big deal with all of that? It's like, well, we're getting there. Okay, this is just warm-up material. <laughs> now, the next lady who shows up, and this is where... Sincere to departs, so you don't you don't you didn't you didn't see the whole story of this culminate. But anyway, this lady comes out, she's a lifetime fitness employee, at least that's what it looked like. She had a shirt on, Pilates instructor, something like that. Good looking oh, that lady. Shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so she walks in, and then all of a sudden she walks back out of the stores, goes back to the car, comes back with some huge bag, like a duffel bag or something. I was like, Oh well, I guess she's getting a lot of groceries. And then that's when you had a leave, right? So I went in there to do groceries right after you left. And I see her in the store. And then, and then she's by herself with that big duffel bag. And then, when I'm checking out, the I'm che- in the checkout line. I look over, and she's there with what looks like her son. All of a sudden, who just appeared out of nowhere, right? Well, this little I'll kid in
0: Vegas that day. You know, pop up man,
1: this little kid's in a shopping cart that she's pushing around at the checkout line. I was like, where did this kid come from? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I didn't see this kid in the car. I didn't see her with the kid when we walked in the store. Like, is there a daycare at Whole Foods that I'm not aware of? <laughs> you know? At that point, I was like, I need to get out of here right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because this place has just merged with the Bermuda Triangle, you know, who, who, Triangle. Who knows what's going to happen next? That's yep. the same chick that was, like, when we were out there
0: sitting out there drinking coffee, and she was the one that just kept, like, she was confused. She walked across the parking lot right. came back to the right. where we were, and she walked back across, times, came yeah. back across, and she was looking lost. I'm like, dude, what the hell is wrong with everybody in Vegas right now? I'm like, I don't understand. Why is everybody so confused? Am I missing something? <laughs>
1: Maybe yeah, she's confused uh, with the fact that she lost her kid somewhere. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, thinking, where did this kid come from? Did she just grab this kid? Is I is it, should I call the police? You know? <laughs> 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 oh man, oh, man. But, but you see, you see stuff like that happen. I hear all the time. In addition oh, yeah. to never, the worst, the, wor- the worst drivers it, in the country. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Always an experience. Yeah. Well, hey I man, now I- that we got that fascinating story out of the way. You guys can reciprocate for hearing such wealth of entertainment by using that coupon code LLA. Go to AggressiveStrength.com, 10% off everything you see on there. And how about with you, man? And do
0: the same thing at com. Same coupon code, same discount. Make it happen.
1: All right. All right. Now let's get all that stuff out of the way. So, Dr. Garcia or Julio, yes, you went Julio. through some <laughs> – you don't like the doctor.
2: <laughs> no, not, to, not today. <laughs> you,
1: you don't go around introducing yourself as doctor. i like, oh, no, I oh,
2: try to keep it quiet in this town, doing what I do. You know how it is.
1: Yeah, 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 right. It's like, oh, yeah. you're a plastic surgeon. i got a quick question for you.
0: <laughs> exactly. I've had this growth on the end of my butt for so long. Hey, you know what? The best thing to do is keep
1: your pants on, man. That's all you need to do. I've got this growth in my inner ass. I wanted to show it to you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you went through some. Well, first of all, what happened with your knee, and then you went through surgery. We can talk about that.
2: Yeah, it. Um, you know, it was about six months ago, right after the Pacquiao fight. I was leaving my buddy's house, and it was raining real mm-hmm. hard, and I slipped on some decorative stone outside of his house, and um, huh. hyper uh, flexed my knee and tore my complete quad off my patella, and the retinacular ligaments on both sides. I had about a six-inch gap there that. Um, Required surgery, and and luckily, you know, I was able to get in see my buddy, the orthopedic surgeon who fixed my bicep about in the early 90s, and he put it back together. I had to close it, you know, uh, the gap and stuff. So I was in a straight leg brace for six weeks, and then started some rehab. And but it was um, it was challenging in the sense that I, you know, I was had to work my upper body to keep things going, but I also Right. Yeah I'm, a, I'm on all your stuff, Mike, your Restorezyme and all that stuff, and all the stuff that we you know, hear about on your, your insincere your show, a lot of herbs and stuff. And, and what I did was, believe it or not, uh, the first week, I went off of everything, all the anti-inflammatories that in nature that I was taking, um, you know, literally everything. I even stopped the restorezyme because I wanted inflammation to get this healing process on my uh, quadriceps going. And, um, I got to tell you, then about, then I slowly kind of ramped it up on all the stuff that you guys talk about on your show in terms of, uh, you know, getting your, you know, restoration after you train. And, uh, my, my physical therapist couldn't believe how fast it healed. And, um, I was eating pretty clean, you know, uh, semi-vegan. I would cheat once in a while because I'm trying to make the transition and, um, so it was kind of interesting because I'd done a lot of reading about Ori Hoffmeckler, you know, your friend, and, uh-huh. and about intermittent fasting. And I'd always been doing it just by accident. And I found right. that, that that kind of intermittent fasting maintained a lot of my muscle mass when I wasn't training as hard. Um, you know, knock on wood, you know, I wanted to hit a uh, 600 pound deadlift by the time I was 60, which when the accident happened, I was about uh, 18 months away. So I'm six months behind now but I'm back uh, almost 90% of my dead and uh, I'm gonna make a run for it. I wanna hit 600 pounds when I turn 60 this coming September. So, uh, you know, I'm back on everything, all your products, all your anti-inflammatory stuff, testosterone booster, eating, you know, uh, I eat just like Ori says, eat for eight hours a day and fast 16 hours. uh, And it's funny because, you know, when he's talking to you guys about this plan, I noticed it a long time ago when I was doing surgery for, you know, sometimes from about starting at 7 in the morning, going till 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I would not eat at all until I was done. And I found that my focus was a lot more clear in right. surgery when I did not eat at all. Hmm. I didn't have breakfast. I didn't have lunch. I just kept going. And um, I conditioned my body to be that. I don't know whether it was the ketones that kept me sharp, uh, but that's the way I, I started kept doing it for a long time after that without really thinking about it and when I hear started reading and hearing about Ori he you know he basically says the same things you know you eat for eight hours a day and and fast for 16 and uh, so it was um, it was my my program that I used to keep uh, lost uh, very little muscle mass luckily my thigh obviously was smaller but I've been rehabbing and it's almost back to normal so uh it was an interesting period of my life, you know, for sure.
1: Yeah, and to start off with, a lot of a lot of us a lot of listeners haven't met you in person, but you don't look anywhere close to sixty.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah I'm, I'm so that you're that, you're that. doing a lot
1: of things right. You're doing a lot of things right. I wouldn't I, wouldn't, I mean I'm, I'm thinking that in you had a lot of time with your deadlift goal. I'm like, Well, you still got
0: another 10, 15 years ago, man. So you will hit <laughs> that mark. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't look anywhere
2: close. Uh, you know, when i when you're hanging around with guys like Phillippe, you know I I, I never deadlifted till two and a half years ago. And I was working out over there doing met- metabolic conditioning and this and that yeah. and uh, and my shoulders started hurting I had I got some rotator cuff issues that I refused to have surgery on and uh, so I said well go to your go to my strength which is my back and my my legs and uh, the deadlift seemed to be the natural fit you know as a total body workout and uh, he uh, we started playing around with some different things and then right before I got hurt um, you know, I hit 520 for a single, and I wanted to get another 80 pounds. Uh, but it uh, it will come. I've got till next September, so I'm psyched. You know, with, with Flip there, uh, you know, Mark Filipy, he's he's a grouchy old guy, but he knows how to motivate me. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, he looks closer. He looks closer to 70.
2: <laughs> well, he just had his hip replaced, and now he's waiting, considering doing the knee. But uh, this is busy time for him right now at the yeah. at the shop because. He's got some of the pro baseball players coming, yeah. And, right. Of uh, yeah, he's got a, a next Vegas kid who's playing out in Washington D.C. I won't say his name in case, just in case. Oh,
1: cool. He's yeah. coming
2: back, and um, so some other ball players will be coming back. So it's it's that's been great for me when I train there. Uh, you know, Mike and, and Price. Oh, and yeah. Different athletes, different sports come, and I'll train with some of these guys, and it, it's just such a variety when the like the hockey players come in it's a totally different workout when those guys are there versus the ball players and, uh, right. and the basketball players. So it's, it's a great place. It's a great vibe. As you know, vibe's important, you know, when you train, yeah. that's yeah. what's so great You know, about guys like sincere. He's, he's got that attitude in this gym that, you know, if, if you want to be here, look, it's going to be hot and it's going to be cold depending on what's outside and get tough. And that's what I love about it. And I, I just, you know, keeps me going.
1: Yeah. It's a fun place to work out. For yeah. sure, and Mark's Mark's a very astute strength coach. He's very good at analyzing people's technique, fixing problems right away. Like yeah. Tim Tim said Tim Larkin said that after listening to sincere myself talk about deadlifting the Ed Cohn program so much, he was motivated to go get some tutelage from Mark. And I go, that's the right guy to go to because I remember yeah, I showed him Mark a clip of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he'll he'll make progress quickly. Yeah. Uh, I showed Mark a clip of me deadlifting a long time ago, and he immediately just looked at it within seconds that so you're doing. These five things wrong. Work on this, 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 and I worked on all those things and improved dramatically. Yeah, in a pretty no, short that's time. Frame. Of,
2: that's why it's good to have people, you know, watching you. You know, uh, yeah. that's why it's, yeah. it's important because you can't critique your own technique. No, so, nah, you uh, can't. It's awesome. Really good. Even if you
1: videotape it and watch it yourself, you still may not know what you're doing wrong.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And you that's a good you way know. to get hurt. I mean, especially doing just... deadlifts.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, unless I'm just totally obvious, like, yeah, I totally used all my back in that one. Well, the next thing is, like, well, how do you correct that? And okay. if you don't know that stuff, then, Boy, you know. Boy, you know, since
2: you hit it right on the head, you know, because a lot of us that are back dominant, we don't use our legs as much as we should, and and uh, it's key, you know. That's why you need well-trained people watching you, and it makes such a huge difference. Your progress goes so much better. It's like, it, you know, yeah. it, you got to pay attention, and someone's got to help you, a friend or, or somebody's mm-hmm. got to help.
0: Always yeah, oh, say you, they, they, you they're find by, those yeah, yeah, they're able ahead. to find those things that you don't know anything about beyond the obvious. You know, we think about the physical things like, oh, I need to drive with my legs and blah blah. blah. But it may just actually just be our timing might be off like a millisecond. Yep. You know, yeah. from the time that we grab the bars, like, okay, you're think you're you're sitting there way too long in the pocket. You know, yeah, just, right. just rip right. it and go, or you're trying to rip it too fast, it's just like, yeah. wait a minute, man, you know. Give yourself time to adjust and sit back into it. Little things like that, like I say, if you don't know that, those things, you don't know to look for them. That's why you, it's good to have an expert like Mark that sees that. Sure. Like, ah, man, your your timing is off.
2: That you little know, bit, I'll tell you. The you know, last personally thing, you going through the rehab when I was when I started going back, I was wearing a brace that would was supporting my knee just in case. You know, and this is a I had this guy make it for me, a customized brace that t- out of titanium, so it's real light, but it had about you know, a quarter of an inch thickness on my thigh and on my shin. And when I went back to deadlifting, I noticed, Hey, my, my other side, lower back was hurting. And then I figured out because I was letting the bar get away from my shins. I wasn't pulling the way I was normally pulling with a deadlift where I was ripping skin off my shins. Right. And that little bit made such a huge difference. That it strained my back. And I had to, so I said, okay, well the brace comes off when I'm deadlifting. And, Man, it just, what a difference that little eighth of an inch of that bar being away from your shin makes. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Crazy. I pull, I, I basically pull the bar into me. So it's basically, yep. yeah. just, the bar is connected to the shins the entire time. Yep. I, I would say if you feel it in your back, then you didn't do it right. Right. But so if, right. if your glutes and hamstrings are sore, you did it right. Yeah. If your back is there, <laughs> you didn't do it right. Even if you completed a, a PR, the technique wasn't optimal.
2: That's right. It's like you always say, Mike. You want to make it look so smooth that everyone looks at you like, "Holy crap! What just happened? Yeah. What did this yeah. guy do?" If you are struggling yeah. and screaming and yelling, you know, well, you
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a cry well, for help. <laughs> if you are if you're yelling, you better you better complete the lift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, right. Don't the, know, that's that's also the the
2: rule. And then you that's can do whatever you, you want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's the rule it's of yelling be and make a lot of noise. You better you better make sure you don't miss that lift because you are gonna right, look real exactly. And like what Sincere said. Or Sincere said earlier. If you don't rip the bar at the right time, the only thing that's going to go up is your butt. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's true. That <laughs> happened all the time where someone tries to rip the bar, but they didn't have their hips low enough. They weren't pushing their feet through the floor. So yep. they, they ripped the bar. But they don't have the timing right, so yeah, the man. bar doesn't move an inch, and then your butt is 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 way way up in the air, Look, and now it's yeah. going to be a Romanian deadlift if you try to complete it, which you won't be. Look, man, anytime anytime
0: I see that in the gym, I feel obligated to drop a twenty dollar bill by that person when their butt goes up <laughs> that high. It's just
1: it's just it's just called good manners, man. <laughs> You're like, good job there, but you put the twenty dollar bill in their in their shorts. What's this for? It's like, hey, your performance. <laughs> oh man. So you went through this. You went through this knee surgery. You're about ninety percent recovered now.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, strength wise, everything's pretty much back. Um, range of motion is good. The only thing I'm I'm not doing a lot of lateral motion yet. Uh, right. Let that retinaculum heal up a little bit and. Go, you know, uh, going upstairs no problem. Going down the stairs, um, I think it's just in my head. I'm a little apprehensive uh, yeah. going down there. But um, you know, I've been I've been wearing my weighted vest when I do stuff, and you know, try to emphasize that. And we're gonna I'm gonna start doing some walking, some uh, farmers walks, uh, and I'm gonna start doing some um, some uh, zurcher uh, holds on a bar and walk with them uh, just to load the front of my Core to tighten up my back a little bit, so uh, you know I got some weird things and you know planned up that I ran by Mark and he he agreed just go ahead and do it. So um, he he had a similar injury, so he knows he knows what he's doing when he's telling me what to do. And oh yeah, through the ringer Mm -hmm. when I'm over there for sure.
1: He's probably had every injury you can have.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think (laughs) so. Judging by his body, the way it moves and the scars where they are, yeah, that's pretty true. He
1: has he has a ridiculously high pain tolerance for him yeah. to put up no, with all of he's the injuries he's, a he's a had for so long. For yeah, because yeah. most age. people, if they had 10% of the pain he's in each day, they would, they'd be running to the hospital.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, he's uh, he's stubborn, you know, but he's getting to the point where, you know, he wants to have a long career and you can't really demonstrate to people, you know, when his range of motion was limited, so that what's prompted a lot of his, you know, going to have some surgeries done and, and um, He's, he's actually moving a lot better than he used to. You know, he's got greater, much greater mobility, and uh, he really found that he needed that when he was, you know, he trained the Azerbaijani Olympic uh, wrestling team, both Greco and Free, and uh, they got those, I mean, a little country like that, six medals at the Olympics. You know, I mean, it's pretty impressive. They hadn't done that before, so uh, it was it was a great experience for Mark, and he brought back a lot of stories about what it's like training over there, and in a very austere country uh so very educational
1: yeah very interesting i wonder how that happened i wonder how they connected yeah. with him
2: yeah I, I don't know how it started but they you know they um they're talking about getting them back and uh he actually some of the cuban uh, wrestlers were over there training with the azerbaijanis i don't know how that one got but he trained some of the cuban guys <laughs> yeah. so uh and you know he was telling stories about what goes on behind the scenes, and you know with the Olympics and some of these competitions. You know it's pretty sad, but uh, it you know he had a, it was a weird experience. He'd be gone for six weeks at a time, back from home for a week, and then he'd he'd be gone again. So he's writing my programs, long distance. <laughs> it was something wow. else, you know.
1: Wow. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to get him back on the show and talk about that. That sounds really interesting.
2: That would be good. That would be good.
1: Now, coming back to some of these recovery methods, what do you know about, I think it's called platelet therapy?
2: Yeah, you know, um, we do platelet therapy in the office. Um, Uh We mix it. Uh, I don't just do, you know, a lot of people call it PRP or platelet-rich plasma, which actually, I've been using that technology since the late 90s. I used to actually use it in surgery because I would spray it on an open wound, like a facelift or a tummy tuck, and... It would it would help the patient clot faster, and it had some elements of growth factors there, so they would heal faster. My patients are getting back to public life a lot sooner. Um, but you know, with with my practice, uh, I, we do some regenerative medicine in terms of injection stuff. We've been doing some adipose derived stuff for a long time, and I wanted to bring in PRP on a sports specific and also medical issues, so. Mine's a little bit juiced up. I use the PRP, but then I get uh, some tissue labs that sell cytokines and growth factors, and I put it in there and inject it. And we use it from anything from acute tendinitis, pain in the knee, plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow. I've used it for hair regrowth on men and women.
0: Wow.
1: Wow.
2: which, it, believe it or not, it's, it, it, it's amazing what it does for hair growth. I was blown away. I thought it was a crazy shit. You, it,
1: you inject it in the head, or what exactly do you yeah, do? Yeah, well,
2: I mix it with oh. all the growth factors, and then um, we we numb the scalp up. I inject the, the PRP with the growth factors in there, and then, believe it or not, what we do is I have like a – it's called a microneedling device, which is like a glorified tattoo gun with yeah. six needles, and you perforate the scalp, on purpose to cause inflammation in the skin, which is where the hair follicles are. So that attracts the growth factors to stay there. And you can usually see, you know, little baby hair growing within three to four weeks. Um, Hmm. So it's kind of, you know, funny stuff. You know, I did it. My wife um, was playing tennis. She twisted her knee and, you know, we thought it was a meniscus tear. So finally I said, look, you know, let's just go get the the MRI, we got the MRI and the MRI was clean, no meniscus tear. So it was obvious that what she had was, uh, you know, not a cartilage issue, but a ligament issue. So we did the same thing with the PRP and some growth factors, injected it into the hurt uh, ligaments there. And, you know, three weeks later, she's back. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not like an antibiotic. It just supercharges your body so you can heal yourself. I mean, you guys, you too are so good about promoting, you know, restorative techniques. That that's what this does. It just it helps you restore, you know, and heal your own injury. But what about one thing for guys? You what know, about for I, someone I've like learned, me? Yeah, you can't push it too it. hard, especially when you get to be my age. You can't. Yeah. I used to work out five six days a week. I can't. I can't recover even with everything. So, you know, I do the float. You know, I do ice. I haven't done the rejuvenice in a while, but. I was floating for once or twice a week after the big workouts just to kind of clear my head. And, and um, so I used all of that stuff, man. I used, you know, the breathing techniques that are out there. And um, I'll do anything that's legal, pretty much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, what are you saying, Mike? Did we lose him?
2: Oh, he'll get back there. So I'm sincere. How big is your facility down in Houston?
0: Uh, right now, the one I'm, that I currently have is like about twelve hundred square feet, but it's just the old school, old school warehouse gym, man. Before warehouse gyms became all the rage or whatever else, and yeah. it's just you know. And originally, um, the guy that my friend, who I ended up like sharing the space with, he had it first, so and he's he's from that old school way of training, man, and it's. It's, it's a gutter place, I like it that way. I don't like, you know, things are all fancy and pretty, and, you know, the weights are so pretty, you don't think you should touch them, <laughs> you know, and, you know, our, you know, you you come in our you know, in our spot, you're going to see chalk on the floor, and, you know, you're going to hear weights banging, you know, so, you know what
2: that's, 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 that's the way the, I like it. That's the way I like it, too. That's the places that I learned how to lift when I was back in Chicago. You know, they are yeah. dark gyms that you hear metal clanging, and, and uh, guys screaming, and there's there's chalk in the air chalk on the floor and and but it, that camaraderie you get from that commitment you cannot get in these other
0: well lit fancy gyms you know and well they don't want that you know they don't need yeah, they, they don't want right. all that they don't want, they don't
2: want people like us they
0: want it to be almost like a library
2: Come on! Yeah, it, you, don't you, you scream, to, don't yell. You know, here's the I'm free like, pizza to put I, that I I weight out PR, so you Keep coming you know, to the gym. Just
0: like, <laughs> so you know, and you know, where there's no cursing in here. I'm like, what the hell? Am I? Am I? Looking at a <laughs> church? I'm, I'm starting my heat, I'd probably curse there too if I hit a PR. Well, <laughs> oh, hell, man. Whenever
2: when when Philippi isn't in the in the gym, I'll go back and put some old school, you know, NWA and, and Tupac on there because he doesn't let us play that stuff when he's around. Here. <laughs> And then the people say, are why? looking at me like, that? "What's that Hispanic guy playing next?
1: stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you
2: know, it gets me going. You know, <laughs> what
1: the hell am I supposed to be playing? Mana? What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he has the no cussing rule over there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, you, no know, taintops, no you know,
1: I understand. No, no, I do too. Actually, he has a family kid. environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. understand. I understand. Yeah, I but it. but at a commercial like, gym, a certain come on. a certain
0: amount of weight. Um, cursing has to be allowed you know that's, <laughs> yeah. once you start going four plates four forty five on each side and above that's when the that's when you cross the cursing zone yeah. <laughs> there's just no- <laughs> that's when you get to stare from <laughs> so the look lift, man and goes, four okay, okay, and four letter words man that's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. 45 four letter you know four plates and four letter words they all go hand in hand you got to have that man
2: <laughs> as long as you make the lift if you don't make the lift he looks at you like well why are you smart if you didn't make it <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a lot of rules to lifting too. Whenever I see someone bench with a spotter, I already I already know they're not going to make the lift. In other yep. words, like the, the hands are on the bar, you know? Because like, you already know it's not, you already know it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like just, just put your hands in the bar. It's Like why? Or who's lifting here? Me or you? you know? yeah. Somehow somehow you know,
0: the I like to give that illusion that you know they're doing. Like I'll just have my hands like about a millimeter above it. Just like then they're like, oh, oh you got it. Yep. You got it. Yep. I'm like, actually, <laughs> I'm like, look, man. If I feel like doing bent over rows, I go do,
1: do bent over yeah, rows. Exactly. right
0: exactly. Not am <laughs> much so
1: Are yeah, you I, assisting me? Are you assisting me with my rows, or am I assisting you with your? Right, he's, he's, he's loading your bent
2: over row.
0: <laughs> <friend. laughs> I mean, come on now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, Mike. But I think you got dropped. I think you're gonna. I think you're probably about to ask um, Dr. Garcia about the, uh, you know, the PRP treatments for probably, yeah, it's. probably for you. I don't know That's what like. happened over
1: here I didn't I didn't even get dropped it was that you guys couldn't hear me it was weird I could hear you but you couldn't hear me so anyway yeah I was going to ask you about that Dr. Garcia with the platelet therapy do you think that would be useful for someone like me who's got that bone-on-bone type arthritis in my left elbow
2: you know if if, if it's bone-on-bone there are things we can do that I can get for you that are related to that kind of technology yeah um, you know because I, I originally thought you had a bone spur there um, yeah. I was hoping it was
1: something like that. <laughs> I'm not yeah, that so lucky, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Cause I will tell you, um, it's certainly, there are things we can try that will help you heal. You know, if there's any semblance of a little bit of cartilage there, uh, it does help. Um, and there's some other, some other sources of some other, uh, not pure stem cells, but some mesenchymal cells that are available out there to that can be used for those scenarios. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's worth a try. You know, you're very active, and I know you like to do those double overhead kettlebell, you know, presses, which can be a little stressing on your on your uh, elbow for sure, um, and the windmills and stuff like that because it puts a lot of. Well, I
1: mean, ironically, the the double kettlebell overhead press is probably the only pressing move I can do, which is pain free, because I can I can use a very particular groove. Mm-hmm avoid any stress. I don't press with the bells going far out to the left or right. I, I stay within this straight line groove and I do you know, zero negatives where I just drop it back to the starting point. Mm-hmm. Little things like that make a big difference. Incline presses too, I feel good on. Interestingly enough, flat dumbbell presses. I don't feel that good on. I feel good. Yeah. Incline yeah, incline dumbbell presses I feel fine on. It's really the lockout that's difficult because the arm can't fully extend. Can't fully so extend. Anything yeah, anything where I have to lock it out, fixate the weight such as a bench press will definitely cause a lot of stress in that area.
2: Yeah, that's, I have a similar problem on the opposite end. I mean, <clears throat> when I had my left bicep repaired, they uh, they had to weave the tendon through the bone to put it back and I mm-hmm. lost about 15 degrees of extension, so yeah, uh, I can't yeah. really lock it out the way I, I would normally have done before. The one advantage is I also can't supinate it, so I can't go through drive-in because I can't get the change. So I don't, right. I go, can't go to a drive-in <laughs> food place. So <laughs> that's a,
0: a good positive None, that's from really carrying my thing. <laughs>
1: You have to drive in the opposite way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Back it up. So, uh.
2: but it, it's funny you talk about double bell- double kettlebells. You know, you you converted me. I, I I bought your one of your first videos, and when I was trying to rehab my shoulders, I said I got to do this kettlebell stuff for my shoulder, and and this is the older ones that you had when you were still doing single kettlebells, and then when you got into double kettlebells, that's what I started doing, and I, I really honestly think because I. Double kettlebell uh, swing on the outside of my thighs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that helps my deadlift a lot because I no you know doubt. I do it the same way you do. You know you got to kind of sit back. It's not a it's not a waist motion. It's you got to right. do your bend your knees. Let that weight get behind you, almost to the point of putting it down, picking it up again. And I think double kettlebells is a great accessory exercise for people on a deadlift. You get yeah. a lot of explosion yeah. out of there. Uh, to move that bell. I, I think, personally, it's helped me. Yeah,
1: it teaches yeah, you how to be
0: why I, You know, when Mike introduced that, you know, I called it the suitcase swing, to me, as like, dude, like, where has this been all my life? Because one thing about it really does teach your hips how to drive quickly. Yeah. You think that you're driving your hips quickly when you're just learning the first, you know, just a typical swing, you know, yeah. going between the, you know, between the feet, and you think, like, okay, you know, drive the hips, drive the hips. It sounds good in theory, but a lot of times people are really just really moving their back a lot faster. Right. You know, where that suitcase swing, you're you'll learn right off the bat that using your back is not a good idea. You know, there's <laughs> no way you're <laughs> no you tr- no with murder. It exploits all the bad habits that you that you created going, you know, doing swings between the feet yeah. very quickly. You realize like, oh, see, I've been trying to tell you you weren't doing it right. Like, oh, my God, what's going on? So, yeah, you send there bending back and forth like rubber man now and it's not mm-hmm. going to work very yeah. And you, and you're never going to get that speed and to drive your hips fast enough to get that bat, get both those kettlebells outside your legs and go at least chest high. You know, sometimes people kind of get away with it getting it like maybe 45 degrees, not even 45 degrees, probably 35 degrees out in front of the quads. You know, yeah. I'm like that. Yeah. You're not, that's not enough power, bro. You got to get that thing yeah. up there. And, you know, yeah. and, and that goes against everything, you know, especially yeah. for someone, kettlebell swings, right. you know, going chest high, you know, so yeah. it's like, oh, my God. And then you actually really have to engage your core to make those bells stop in front of your chest when you're going mm-hmm. chest high. Otherwise, you're going flying across the room, you know, whereas <laughs> between your feet, you can kind of get away with it. But outside the leg, you have mm-hmm. so much momentum going that you're going bye bye if you're not if you're not clenching up and locking down man, and, and grounding yourself into the floor. So, you know, it's, so it's so, great for that. And once I teach that to my clients, they're just like, God, I mean, things are so much better, even yeah. with um, even with long cycle for them, you know, you know, with the, the cleaning jerk. They're just like, wow, this is like now I can actually do these. These feel great. So just I think certain tor- like for certain bodies, body types, yeah. it really yeah. works well. Especially yeah. people who have longer torsos and, you know, have long legs, you know, it just really works a lot better mm-hmm. for them. Now, when you're a guy that's really stout and barrel built, you know, yeah. it could be a problem because, you know, your quads and, you know, everything's kind of just stuck out there. So you really have to be very mindful when you're taking that swing back to not take a kneecap out. And that's the that's one thing. About it. And that's for, for sure. sure.
2: You know, yeah, for them mechanic. trying
0: to get their feet close together. Yeah, getting their feet close together is an issue. You know, for the most part, because they have so much inner thigh meat pressing up against each other that it can be a it can be a bit of a problem. So you always have to tell them like, hey man, you know, be very cognizant of where you're going as far as when you're passing by those kneecaps. Otherwise, you're gonna end up doing what I call mobster swings where you take out a knee. You know, for the most part, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, and you won't cool. do very many reps of that either. That's usually a oh, one. What's a one time <laughs> thing? <it. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> One
1: rep, that's all. People make a lot of mistakes with outside the feet technique-wise where they do this around-the-world type motion, right? Instead of going in a straight line, (laughs) they swing it back, and then when they're trying to swing it forward, it slams right into their calves. And then they think, okay, this is not for me. It's like, no, it's for you. It just takes a minute. You can't go as heavy as you're used to going with in-between the feet, double swings if that's what you're used to. You have to dial back the weights, get fluid with the technique, and get yeah. into the motion. And then, like sincere said, it's not going to be a perfect fit for every body type. I tend yeah. to I deadlift with a close stance, right? So that's my power stance. I I press overhead with a fairly close stance as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what works for my body type. So it, it is going to have a nice carryover to the deadlift because the stance is virtually the same. Right. For someone who does sumo deadlifts, for example, it would make sense that they do a wider stance double swing. Yeah, you
2: can do your pull-throughs with the cable on, you know, on the machine. Just a lot of different things you could do. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it just – I love the carryover. You know, I know the swimmers that – we had a lot of swimmers that get scholarships. Uh, We had one of the guys from PSI uh, that won medal down in in swimming. And, you know, they're starting to go with the double kettlebells over PSI because to get off the blocks, man, that is just perfect. The same exact motion. And when right. they do a flip turn, guess what? They're just loaded, and bam, these kids are coming off the wall like they're on fire. It's great.
1: Right.
2: Yeah.
1: You had this lady. What about I had this lady? Well, like
2: about, had this lady. <laughs> Conversation, <No>.
1: guys. <laughs> I had this lady at one of my courses who was talking about double swings. She goes, yeah, I tried it outside the feet. It feels pretty good, but I I like it a lot more in between the legs. (laughs) I was like, oh, I bet you do. And everyone in the class laughing. She had this oblivious look at her play face. (laughs) She didn't realize realize the joke.
2: (laughs) We can always talk about between the thighs if we get to the plastic surgery stuff, too. I got some funny shit to tell you guys about that stuff.
1: Well, do tell, tell. do tell.
2: (laughs) You know, it know, um, we always somehow get to that <laughs> sexual part of the, the conversation, but, um, you know, there's a couple years ago, it was about 18 months ago, maybe two years, one of the hot sur- surgeries for men was to get a
1: scrotal sac reduction. Oh, man. I thought you were going to be talking about women. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, we're going to talk about a lot of things here in, in the next few minutes. Oh boy, <laughs> guys,
2: you know how when you go, used to go to the old steam rooms and you get these guys in their seventies or eighties that walk around and they got that low lung, you know, low slung sack mm-hmm. that's all hooked <laughs> out. You know,
1: <laughs>
2: well, these, these heterosexual guys said, "Oh no, no, we got to reduce this," and they had, they found surgeons to do this. Okay, wow, and they would just cut the sacks, make them smaller, and I'm like, you know these this no. kind of uh, millennial out there so I'm sitting at, you know on my computer about two weeks ago and what's the newest phase for men genitalia is now they're getting this they're calling it scrotox they're getting <laughs> Botox injected to their scrotum so it doesn't look wrinkly oh. <laughs> I'm like are you guys out of your mind
1: I mean <laughs> That's like a Look, Dave Chappelle man. joke. Dave Chappelle uh, yeah, has, has be... this whole joke about, he, he goes, I'm going to make my balls really smooth like marble. <laughs> <You know? He laughs> said, I'm going to show it to the lady at the beach. Would you like to feel these balls? Said, Why, yes, I would. <laughs> <You know? laughs> He's like, I'm going to have the prettiest balls ever. <laughs> you know, he has this, this whole bit that's hilarious.
2: I mean, maybe if he, you're He was do
1: joking. <laughs> he might have been uh, smart. You know,
2: these guys man, are for real. Man. These guys are for real. I mean, oh, it's. Man. Genital genital plastic surgery is one, one of the hottest things. It's, not, not it's, kind got of like what,
1: it's kind of like what Sincere said about getting your a-hole bullied. You know, how many people are seeing it? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, exactly. How many people are seeing these guys' balls when they feel the need? <laughs> you know? well, it's like, the, you know, the, the newest rage for women. You know, they're getting
2: right. vaginal rejuvenation. You know, they're right, right, right. getting fat injections into their labia to make their labia plump. I'm like... You know, and I get requests, you get these girls that are entertainers and they in the movie industry and they want to have it look like they're ten years old. So uh, but the newest rage with them is they have this machine where they use radio frequency waves to heat inside your vagina. And it's supposed to tighten and shrink your skin, you know, your, your mucosa in there to help you sexually. And the question I had, this guy's pitching this machine to me to sell it to my, my female patients. I go, how exactly do you measure whether it was a success or not?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. and he
2: goes, what do you mean? I go, well, how do you know if it's tighter? Well, uh it's got to be. I said, <laughs> what objective evidence do you have? You do a,
1: do, do a doctor before and after test, I would imagine. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is what the world's coming to. I'm telling you. It's How just...
0: about actually date someone you're attracted to? How about be with someone that actually, <laughs> you know, right. the, the, and, and all. come on, man. And first of all, going back to what you said, some of these entertainers that want <laughs> their vaginas look like a 10-year-old. Okay, that's gross. Like, yeah. <laughs> first of all, why? Sick. Why? It's very I'm like, sick. first of all, I'm like, who are you with? The fact that Listen, they want When, to when I was still in
2: medical school and going through my ob/gyn, you know, rotation, and you know, at that age, I was in my early 20s. You know, I, you know, penis size was always important at that age, and I saw that first head coming out of that woman's vagina when she's given birth, and this head was 19 centimeters around. I'm like, oh, my God, I can never be that big. So I just oh, gave I up. I said, that, well, okay, know. I got a little wiener. That's about it. You know, I'm going to compete with that look, head. Man, I always out.
0: make that joke. Anytime a dude, like, starts, you know, like, starts getting all this rebuttal, like, yeah, I'm tearing this up. Who's, you know, who's is this? I'm like, dude, calm down. Do you understand <laughs> that freaking eight and nine and 10-pound babies come out of that?
1: You yeah, have, exactly. you
0: have, you are no competition, dude. You're, n- you're out <laughs> of your league. Come on, that right. is above your pay grade. Shoulders pop out of that thing first sometimes, man. I was <laughs> like, you ever the shoulder head on? Like, come on, you ever been speared before? So imagine that in slow motion. that's what happens. You, my friend, are not hitting anything correctly. Okay. <laughs> it has nothing to do with your physicality right now. It's it's the mental stuff that makes her attractive to you. Trust Exa- me. It's
2: orgasm with their brain, So just forget the rest of this stuff, man. Exactly. Come on. Like, dude, I'm beating
0: this up. Like, no, you're not. You're not beating that up. No, <laughs> so my, my step boy over there, he came out of that. So my, he won. He was, the, he was the last victor in that area. Okay, and you're not gonna top him. Okay? Oh my god! <laughs> well, I, th-
1: I think that's where, I think that's where a lot of this anti-aging mentality starts getting really unhealthy, right? You're yeah. taking it to an extreme level. But there are people like Ray Kurzweil and others who who believe that aging is something that will eventually be able, you'll just be able to stop it in its tracks. So in other words, you're not going to be 60 and feel good. You can, you'll be 60 and actually look like you're 30 if you want to. Yeah. What do you think about that line of thinking? Do you think that's far-fetched, or do you think that's within the realm of possibility?
2: Well, I, I do. I actually think that we can start to move there now. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a matter of making choices. You know, I, I I use a product. I sell it here in the office. It's by a company called L Nutra. L hyphen Nutra. N U T R A. And it, it was developed by this guy named. Um, Longo at the at the uh, Aging Institute at USC, and what he did was it was kind of a modified fast where he would take people and put them on this diet for five days only, and he then let them go back to their normal eating for 25 days, put them on again uh, a month later, and same thing five days on this modified fast. and then 25, he'd do it three times, and their biomarkers of aging were incredibly improved in just three months. Um, it, it's, it's fascinating. I know he's also branching out now to whether this type of product can be used for people undergoing chemotherapy, because what he found was that he was able, through this uh, diet, which is, it's about 1,000 calories the first day, and then you go to 750 for the four, last four days, uh, all vegan, uh, non-GMO, you're basically eating kale chips, olives, and special soups with like quinoa, uh, relatively low protein. Um, but the biomarkers of aging were dropping on these people. I mean, their uh,
1: they're hemoglobin well, A1... What, what, what were the biomarkers? What were some of the biomarkers? They're using uh,
2: IGF-1, uh, hemoglobin A1C, cortisol, they were... Um, Checking just about every inflammatory, you know, C-reactive protein, mm-hmm. uh, cholesterol, triglyceride, um, and you know, and, and that's that's part of the problem. With you know, I know all of you guys have talked about it quite a bit, and 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 I agree with you. I think some of these people that eat these enormous amounts of protein are, are making a mistake. I know Ori believes that there's a certain amount that you should eat. Uh, I know Dr. Mercola that you guys are familiar with is is a proponent of not overdoing protein because uh, it activates the mTOR uh, in our system, which is great for building muscle. But you know, unfortunately, when you look at what Ray Kurzweil talks about and living longer, cancer-free, pain-free, you you cannot live that crazy, you know, juiced-up muscle-head lifestyle and expect to live like that unless, at least with the technology we have now, you have to decrease inflammation in the body. That's what's going to kill us. We, we're rusting to death. And, um, you know, so modified diets, you know, eating more vegan type food, eating the good types of protein, um, you know, not, you know, some of the stuff that's these protein powders are out there are really not very healthy for you. Um, you know, the, the question between casein and, and uh, whey is always out there. But it's funny that all these anti-aging specialists are pointing towards limited eating uh, exercise, but, you know, with range of motion, not trying to get huge because uh, it, it, that eventually taxes your system. So it's, you know, guys like me were caught between a rock and a hard place. You know, I'm still a meathead at, at heart and I'm trying to be stronger, but at the same time, I want to live longer. So it. Uh well, I, th-
1: I think the limited eating has to be put in the right context, though, right? Because yeah. you're taking people who are eating a lot of garbage, and then you're putting them on limited eating. So not only are you limiting their total intake of nutrition, you're cutting out a lot of garbage too. Yeah. I think I think if you contrast that with someone who's eating a lot more, people like us, for example, are all very active, but we're eating a lot more healthy stuff. I don't think us necessarily reducing just total caloric intake would have the same benefits, if at all.
2: Yeah, probably not. I, I think it, that's that's obviously the problem when you take people off the street. They're eating junk. They're eating stupid stuff, and just getting them eating healthier. You could eat. They could let, eat six meals a day and still be better and healthier. So, right. um, You know, as the field of you know age management and gerontology increases. Um, we are going to see more. I think Kurtzwell is right. I think it's going to take longer than it should because people's habits are hard to break. But um, that, that is the future. You know, it's a, it's a matter of eating clean, eating better food, um, and, and not eating the junk. You know, the, the high fructose corn syrup and the
0: processed foods. And- well, well, I think, I think the, well, the, biggest to is, to the biggest talk- thing you've got to fight against is, is cost. You know, and that's the biggest yeah, right, enemy of, of you right. know, of this entire thing is the affordability of those yeah. things. Now, of course, you know, there's always going to be the the healthier people, a little more detached, always going to say, well, you know what? If you stop and think about it, it it's a lot of health, it's, it's a lot cost effective to eat healthy and eat organic than people think and blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but there's also this thing about resource and access, you know, yeah. so a lot of people who have, you know. Economic problems, where they don't have as, as much, access, you know, the availability to go out and get these type of foods, is also because they don't have it necessarily in their area. So they don't right. have necessarily have access to those resources. So it mm-hmm. becomes this very, you know, sanctimonious thing to sit there and say, very privileged thing to say, like, oh, well, you know, they can, they don't have to eat those, all that fast food and all this other stuff that's in their neighborhood. They can go get this, but a lot of them, right. you know, ne- don't necessarily a have the knowledge of that resource being available to them, and yeah. also understanding that. They can. They need to be educated in that, you know. So I can see it from both sides. I'm. A, I said, but I can deal with people. I can look at people in more underprivileged and underserved areas and understand why they have such a hard time buying into, you know, eating mm-hmm. organic and having healthier foods and cooking foods, especially when they're working, you know, eighty hours a week and they're rarely at home and their kids are coming home from school and pretty much taking care of themselves and. Pretty much they're going to naturally want the kid to not sit there and cook, you know, because right. they're thinking like, well, I haven't had time to teach them to cook. So it's much easier to pop something in the microwave for them yep. or just eat something out of a bag and keep going. So, mm-hmm. again, it's just instead of always coming up with these answers for things that people don't have any effing clue about. You know, yep. the thing is to ask questions like, why is it that with these uh, these resources being out there, why are they not being chosen by folks? Yeah. Why? Because trust me, I don't think anyone out there, especially a parent is out there that doesn't want their children to be healthy. I don't think you can find a parent saying, no, I want my child to be unhealthy, I want them to be sick, I want them to have type type 2 diabetes, I want them to be on medication, you know, at at age 4. And I don't think you're going to find a parent that's going to say that. So you have to ask yourself, like, well, knowing that, how can we, you know, why are they not choosing better? You know, what is the problem? And, you know, and then since you're a health expert, you're in that field, you ask yourself, how can I help? Can yeah. I educate them? You know, are they willing to be educated? First of all, because some people don't want you messing with their business. But the thing is, and then also, like, how am I living? At least they can see that I'm an, a, a, a good example of that and how things could be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it becomes this privileged thing when people say that, and it kind of pisses me off sometimes. They're like, oh, man, they can just go. I mean, there's a Whole Foods, like, everywhere now. I'm yeah, like, let until you now, there's not a Whole theory. Foods in South Central or Compton. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, but, you know, I was actually surprised. Like, you know, they, they opened up a Whole Foods, I think, in the south side of Chicago, which I thought that was huge. You know, so yeah. I was yeah. like, well, there, there's a start right there.
2: Yeah, there's, so. the demand is there. It just has to grow and people got to get educated. But, you know, at the same time, you're battling, you know, a lot of, you know, food addictions <clears throat> in the yeah. sense that there are certain foods, like cheese is, is, is an example, Cheese is very addictive to the brain. It actually secretes endorphins that want you to eat more cheese. So it, right. it, it's, it's funny. You know, our, our bodies are just full of all these things that, uh, you know, turn us into
0: addicts.
1: Um, yeah, I've seen it, that,
0: you know, being married to an Arab woman and, you know, especially because cheese is such a big part of their culture. And you know, that was like one of the biggest, that was like one of the hardest things that my wife had to give up. And you know, especially switching to a plant-based lifestyle. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no more cheese. And I never grew up in a house where everybody loved cheese, you know, for the most. So I never truly understood like the, the true addiction to cheese like that. Whereas just like, even when I probably consumed probably before going plant-based, I probably consumed more cheese once I Started dating my wife, you know, in the very beginning, you know, because mm-hmm. it was always around her. And my father-in-law was so saying, "Hey, have some cheese," you know. He would go to Egypt and bring it back. So it wasn't like cheap craft or anything like that that you can get at a grocery store in slices or whatever. He's like, he's pretty much he knows farmers and he's bringing it back, you know, when he comes back from you know overseas, and yeah. you can definitely tell, you know, taste the difference. And then when you start mixing other things like olives with that, you know, which is also big in the culture. And you know, you start having like lebna, which is like yogurt, and you have that with you know pita bread and wine. And so you start putting you look back and just think about the combination of all those things, like mm-hmm. all those things are so addictive to most people. Like here you have Peter. It's bread. People are so addicted to bread, you know, yep. once they get started. And it's one of those things, if you're not paying attention, you can go through a lot of it before, you know, it's even before you're done. <laughs> yes, you, you know, can. So then you start mixing alcohol like wine in there with that. And then mm. just the whole social aspect surrounded by, you know, you know, hey, this is a social event. This is when everybody comes together and we're having a good time. We're talking. So you're really not paying attention to what you're eating because everybody's so in you know in each other's conversations and all that and then next thing you know everybody's 200 300 pounds more than they were 5 years ago and they don't understand how this happened yeah. you know or it's always those things are associated with love at the same time so if you say no mm-hmm. it's like an insult you know yeah. to the culture there's this cultural thing around it as well but yeah I get it man because I I would say no to a lot of times you give me cheese I'm like nah, I'm good and you know it was something new to them because I'm someone that's outside of that culture so mm-hmm. for me to say no, it's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and I said, I don't like the way it makes you feel when I'm done. But I could see how, I mean, they would go through blocks of cheese like it's nothing. i was like, God, how do they do it? You know, but I, I see what you mean by it, being addictive like that, man.
2: Oh, it is. It's so yeah, crazy. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, the cheese stuff, they're called... Uh, Casomorphines, which is basically you know case like it is casein. You know it, they mm-hmm. they secrete chemicals. It's it's a it's that's the the wonderful thing. You know, science is starting to find some of this stuff, so we can figure out how maybe we can manipulate some of this safer for for people and keep them healthier. So uh, yeah. you know it's it's interesting, very interesting.
1: Well, going back to Ray Kurzweil, I think that the technologies that he is is predicting that I wanted to get your opinion on are stuff such as nanotechnology where you have these nanobites go through your bloodstream and turn off cancer before it proliferates, turning off heart disease before it kicks in. What do you think about those kind of technologies? You know, I I think
2: that is coming. Um, And that's been – they weren't called, uh, you know, nanobots back then. But um, when I was in medical school, we did research similar to that where we were tagging – Cancer cells with radioisotopes, so that the chemotherapy could be delivered more acutely to the t- to the tumor rather than the whole body. You know, I think <clears throat> when if you if you look at what causes heart disease, which is you know that that atherosclerosis. You know, we, you can have high, very high levels of cholesterol. It's just when it oxidizes that it gets sticky and causes these plaques. And there's right. there's <clears throat> I certainly believe that there's nanosomes that can be made that will. Cause that to lessen. You know, right now they have the stents that they put in people's hearts. <clears throat> they have chemicals. They have drugs that dissolve. You know, that cholesterol. So it's just a matter of time before you get injected with you know the nanosomes that have that particular issue. Um, and you know that's that's the interesting thing about cancer. It's uh, with these. I was talking about this doctor Longo before. You know, it's when you do cancer therapy, you know, you're basically poisoning the body and hoping that the healthy cells survive. So they're starting to look at manipulating food sources and what you eat right after the chemotherapy to be able to have that uh, cancer cell be more affected by that um, chemotherapy agent. So, you know, I, I do think that's coming out there. You know, the question is going to be is... Um, how long is it going to take and how much money it's going to cost? For example, you look at just pure stem cells, you know, stem cell therapy, whether it's a neuron that you want to inject in someone's brain or a bone cell right. or or whatever. You know, there's 13 companies at present trying to develop some type of stem cell product in the world. And they've, yeah. they've invested $60 billion and there's been zero returns so far because wow. they're still going through that. Mm. So I do think that that he's correct it's the question is can we get science uh to look at these things more aggressively so we can get them sooner it, it, it is possible we use nanosomes now with transdermal creams to deliver things <clears throat> into the patient that you know they can drag these medications uh through the skin um waxy layer so being able to inject the nanosomes, you know, they they were doing that uh, a few a number of years ago. They were used to using a, a prostaglandin that was encased in nanosomes for guys that had erectile dysfunction. And this thing worked to vasodilate, but they didn't have a way to deliver it. So they encapsulated it in nanosomes, put it in a cream, and then the guy would uh, inject it with a uh, small syringe that without a needle into his urethra. And within 10 minutes, he'd have wood and it would last for three hours. Yeah, right, um, that's,
1: that's, that's wood that is not based on actually sexual arousal, right? So in other words, right. Right. That's, that's you're going to be, exactly gonna be right. a hard as a rock whether you want to well, or whether, not. No,
0: Yeah, whether you're going skiing or you're about to go you know, with a snow bunny, it's just like if this doesn't matter, you're going to have that wood,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, no, because, it, so you, so you that, have that that's, choice. Yeah, that's a forced direction is where I'm going with that. So that's going to be a different feeling then actually being aroused and having Right. Erection. No, that's,
2: not, that's, they're doing it backwards. They're getting to the arousal yeah. before the, or they're getting exactly. to the erection before the arousal even happens.
1: Yeah. A second. Okay, I got a heart on now. Okay, now it's time to get hey. aroused. Anyway, <laughs> hey, you, come here. Yeah. <laughs> I got
0: <I laughs> to go an injection point, man. That's before all I need, man. Off. I don't care. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it can be an apple pie, like, you know, American pie or whatever, man. I just need, I need an injection point. That's all. <laughs> right. There you go.
2: There you go. You but know. here's the
0: question, though. On top of those nanotech, you know, all the good things as far as the promises of that with nanotechnology, you know, also, what about the negative aspects, too? That You know, think about that, because you're putting something in your body and the body that's not necessarily natural that the body Mm -hmm. recognizes. So, you know, you know, white blood cells are like, what the hell is this? So then you always got to wonder, like, you know, how would the body react to these nanotechnologies? And, you know, especially especially in the long term effects, maybe in the short term, you know, it may find ways to bypass it. And not yeah. go, you know, go notice. But then eventually, those white blood cells are going to look like, "Hey, you're a foreign agent. What the hell are you doing in here?" Even though it's in there for good. Like, no, I'm actually trying to get rid of cancer. I'm trying to do your job because you suck at it. You know, right, right that's, now, that's the you know, that's so. the crux
2: of the matter. How can you introduce something foreign? Uh, and and the technology that right now, the only way you could do that would be to introduce an altered stem cell that wouldn't, you know, DNA alteration within the cell that wouldn't be perceived on the outside as, as different from their body, so they wouldn't reject it, but then still get to the point of, of, of impact and create a negative or a positive, depending on what you're trying to do. So it's, it's a challenge, but I will tell you that, you know, the, that part of medicine is growing leaps and bounds. And, yeah. um, you know, the FDA and the drug manufacturers are, are not very happy about it, because if you can prevent the disease it's going to be a lot less um, money for them because the patient's not going to have to use that medication for the rest of their lives. So, um, But I think the people are demanding it. I think we are going to see that. I think the nanosome technology is, is out there for the skin. It's just a matter of time when it gets into other, other areas. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we, the three of us have been doing it, eating, you know, prebiotics and then probiotics in terms of getting our gut flora right, that's you know that's a, a microbiome right there it's not a nanosome yeah. but it, it controls so much of the inflammation you know they're finding that a lot of people with multiple sclerosis which is a neurological disease can be he- helped with the proper diet and, and proper flora in their intestines and and you know you go back and see what these people were eating and they were eating junk and what do you expect you know their inf- inflammatory markers are off the top off the scale and and we need to start looking at inflammation much more seriously. And I think, you know, uh, Kurtzwell and those guys, a lot of the guys that have written about it, Aubrey Gray's written about it. Right now, that seems to be the key is inflammation. we got to get rid of that inflammation because that's where it clots the blood vessels and, and uh, it weakens the immune system. So you can't fight that cancer cell when it's very immature because we all have cancer. It's just where some of us are fortunate we can fight it off every day. Right. So, it's a challenge. I think it's coming though, Mike. I really do. I think there's,
1: what about, you know,
2: uh, there's money going into these kind of things because they yeah. can see the future. So uh, I what
1: think about gene? Right. What about gene therapy? That's another thing that Kurzweil <clears throat> talks about. So this, he he predicts this will be the next big thing in performance enhancement, where you can actually modify someone's genes to be more like a professional athlete, for example. So instead of using hormone replacement to increase your testosterone, you could modify genes to <clears throat> optimize your hormonal profile.
2: You know, I. I I think that that's there. They are there's active studies going on on, on uh, epigenome and genome therapy where they'll they'll turn things off. I mean, this, believe it or not, the simplest one has been around for a long time is giving women folate when they're pregnant to pre- prevent oh. spina bifida. The reason was they have a genetic marker that's susceptible to low folate levels, and then that would turn off that that gene in their body. So when their baby would come out, it would be jacked up. So You know, that, you know, genetic engineering is obviously, we're going to get a bunch of people that say, hey, you guys are going to create Frankenstein, X, Y, Z. But realistically, it is the future, and you're absolutely right. If you ever get a chance to read a book, it's called The Sports Gene. It goes through genetic markers and why certain athletes are better at certain sports than others. And, you know, it's as as weird as it sounds, the science is there. There are people that are genetically uh, better at certain things. And I think, yeah, some of us have genetic predispositions to say high cholesterol. If you can manipulate that, uh, and it's actually pretty simple to do. You you just tag a virus with that and you send it into the body. They get sick for a little while, but you can create that. I mean, that already exists. So it's a matter of getting big enough studies to to decide which disease you're going to, you know, attack first. Uh, is it going to be the rare disease or the more common disease, like, say, adult-onset diabetes and heart disease and, and mental dementia, you know? But, I mean, it's, that technology is there, you know? But then there's people that get upset because it's genetically modified. So is that legit, you know? Um, and it, it's a very delicate balance that we, we ride there, Um it's the same balance that, you know, we, ra- we, we had when people started making margarine and got away from cooking with lard and using margarine because it would stay on the on the railroad cars going across the country for longer without going rancid. Well, you know, it, uh, there's just a lot of things at play here, but I do think gene therapy is out there.
0: Uh, it's funny because they think that it would be... That, you know, you'd be creating Frankenstein with this, but I mean, have you looked at what all this <laughs> yeah. genetically modified food and, and what it's doing to kids now? You right. know, little girls are having you know, their menstrual cycle at age seven and eight years old. Right. And, but now that's happened so commonplace that it's normal and no one questions that right. anymore. Or you no. have a 12 year old that looks like she's 18, yeah. you know, and, and so, and, and, but now that's normal. You know, and so no one's thinking about you know. You're creating Frankenstein right there, just with the foods they're eating now, which is mm-hmm. commonplace where they can get every, you know the conventional food that they're having. The problem is, it's called conventional food. You know, when you start, to label, I mean, there are power in words. You start calling it conventional, then it becomes acceptable because then mentally you're you're training yourself to accept it by calling it conventional. That should be called unconventional foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so no, you're, you're right, absolutely right, right.
2: But it's 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 the masses. The masses win. You know, and oh yeah, that's why Money those. Wins. That, that are trying to raise the flag is saying, "Hey, wake, wake the hell up!" You know, we get. Well, it's, first a, it's a lot
1: of people's fault here. It's like one: these foods are significantly cheaper, right? So that's that's one thing. And and most people eat with a budget in mind, whether they live in an impoverished neighborhood or not. They just want to yeah. deal on stuff. Like what Sincere said about impoverished neighborhoods: how you don't have the same options most of the time for higher quality foods. That's definitely true. But the irony is that people in wealthier neighborhoods eat a lot of the same garbage even though they have the option. you know, yeah, It's, it's like In-N-Out Burger, McDonald's, Burger King. Those are all out here, too, in the nice yeah. part of town. And guess what? They're packed every day. Yeah, it's scary. People, even Absolutely people who scary. have options, such as the Whole Foods and organic food markets, etc., the majority of people are not going to those places. Yeah. They're still eating the same crap that anyone else is eating, regardless even of where when, they're even at. But even
2: within Whole Foods, you got to be very careful. Because right,
1: 90% there is garbage, too.
2: Exactly. I mean, they do have the right stuff, but right. everyone thinks it's whole foods, that everything in there is organic, and it's not. Right, right. You know, or it,
1: healthy. It is. Is. There's a lot of stuff that's organic that's crap, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. that's true. Yeah. So we got like, organic gummy bears. Yeah, healthy, junk, bears.
1: Food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, healthy junk food. That's an like, oxymoron, right?
0: <laughs> well, we see oh that with a God. lot of
1: vegan people. A lot of vegan people, are they're eating vegan donuts every day, thinking that because it's vegan, it's somehow healthy. It's like, no, it's still sugar. It's still crap. Don't yeah. kid yourself. You're not hurting yeah, any animals in the process. That's great. But you're still hurting yourself. Just say, hey,
0: it's, you know? just say it's cruelty-free junk, okay? <laughs> don't don't try to call it anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? yeah, it, uh, but where, I'm, go- where I'm going is a lot of people are pro- a lot of big companies are profiting off of selling people garbage. But a lot of people are buying that garbage, Buy the garbage. their free Buy will the because it's yeah. because it's significantly cheaper than healthier options. Yeah. So uh, where I'm going is people have to take responsibility for their actions, especially adults. Yep. So you have to take responsibility. But you don't know how to fucking eat, and you're an adult. You, yeah. you, you can pick up any book well, on nutrition, any library, any book you find there is going to be better than what the average person's doing. Absolutely. Well, here's right. the
0: thing right here. It's just like if you know that you're knowing, like, OK, you don't want to you don't want to spend the money to eat a little healthier, which you really when you really break it down, it's not going to cost you any more than what you're doing now because you have to go back and eat that crap twice mm-hmm. as much In order to feel like you've actually eaten something. So when you really break it down, you know, economically, you're spending a lot more on junk than you would on anything healthy because anything that's nutrient dense, you're not going to overeat that. It's just not going to happen. Even if, even eating something that has real sugar in it, you're not going to really overeat that because there are going to be signals going off like, hey, whoa, we've had enough. Okay. You start getting the sweats with that. So, but the, but the thing is, if you know that, hey, cost is the most important thing to you, you do not get the right to complain about your freaking health you know mm-hmm. so you know where the cost is more important than your health don't say like you know i'm so sick of this gut that i have or i'm tired of feeling like this you know well you know start you know Start working on eating healthier. Man, I can't afford that. No, that Okay, you know, you can get the right to plane. <laughs> well, you can die then, too. <laughs> you got you know, <laughs> to my, you gotta understand, what's going to be more painful? you got to focus on the pain. What's more painful right now? You know, the fact that your thighs are rubbing and you're starting forest fires, you know, when you're just like walking to the car, you know, and the fact you can't get up the stairs or the fact that every time you try to eat healthy or whatever and your bank account starts yeah. losing more weight than you do. <laughs> so, but you know, sincere, you know, dear, you
2: know it, it's doing the right thing is the hardest thing in life. You know,
1: yeah, that's right. And, and
2: everything—a yeah, relationship it is. to what you're eating, to you know, the people you hang out with. No, it is
0: yeah, so doing
2: the right thing because these the, the the wave is against you. You know, we are fighting. You know, the current here, and we got to yeah. fight it. I'm not saying we should give up, but you know, and but like the Koreans say in their proverbs, you know, you can't get progress without friction. You you know, you need friction, yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's the that's what. You know, it's up to people like the three of us to keep spreading the word. And slowly, if we can just convert one person a year, you know, and everyone in the world converts one person a year, we would be better. It's going to take generations, but we can't give up. we got to do it. You know, and it's sad, but, you know, it's, uh, there's more of the believers than the believers. But sooner or later, I think we can win.
0: Well I mean look i mean the, the the reason that the majority are unhealthy now, trust me, that took generations for these corporations to to make this happen they knew they they saw the end game they saw it's like a chess match they they figured out like, hey, I may not be around when we convert people to doing this, you know, and we get rich off of this, but you know what my great grandkids or whatever else I'm leaving my legacy behind they're going to be taken care of so when people sit there and complain about like monsanto and and companies like that, they saw an end game you know they they saw like hey, I may not be around to enjoy it, but You know, my family will forever profit off of this. So we need to be having the same attitude. It's just like it's a if you can't beat them, join them situation, meaning not just eat their crap or whatever in in order to join them, but to think like they think like, well, you know what? I'm going to start doing steps now to make sure that my kids are eating healthier. So therefore, if I instill this in them from day one, then they're going to be indoctrinated. You know, and and now it's crazy that you have to use a word like radicalized now in this situation to be healthy. You know, so therefore, when they have kids, it's going to be the same thing. So generations later, like you may not be around to enjoy those great 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 grandkids who are living these lives where their lives are they're just like the stuff we're talking about. Their age is extending, but not just just by the number, but also by the livelihood. You know, they're yeah. living to be a hundred, but they're not. You know, just just sticking around just so they can keep getting, you know, a, a free breakfast at Denny's. You know, they're actually like living 100, but they're still feeling like they're 30. You know, yeah. you may not see that in your lifetime, but you know that there's something that you did to contribute to that. And, and knowing that makes it worthwhile when you're lying on your deathbed. You know, like I'm no regrets. I know I'm leaving that behind. You know, so and going on and so forth and just hope that it continues. So you got to look right. at that long term game beyond just you and a lot of times will get people in trouble. They think about right now. That's the only time they're in the now when they think about how it's affecting them right now and yeah. the things they may not have at that moment. And the fact like well i don't want to give this up I, you know i'm gonna miss this i like the way it tastes i don't want to get rid of this right. i don't want to stop eating this it's like instead of thinking of the long-term gains of what if i keep eating this yeah it may taste great to me now but then you gotta ask yourself, why does it taste great <laughs> you know why is this why is this triggering me as soon as i put it in my mouth and whatever else and it makes me want to continue to have more and more of and i can't stop you yep. know so that instead of thinking about that and thinking about like well you can't take that from me because i love it
1: instead yeah. of thinking about the long-term thing so
0: Yeah,
1: that's the one is Being in the now is not always beneficial. Well, the interesting position that we have right now is, on one hand, you have all of these people that are really interested in anti-aging. There's a lot of money going into that. But the average person is not going to have the same lifespan that their parents and grandparents had. People now that are unhealthy, they're not going to make it. People that are obese at 15, you're not going to make it to 80, 90, 100. You're You're not going to make it it to 65. So I I think the average person's lifespan now is actually going to be lower than previous generations, and it's going to be the minority of people that are consciously making these efforts to be healthy and taking advantage of new technologies, et cetera, that will extend lifespan. But the majority of people, all the medications in the world are not going to keep them alive.
0: You're right. You're right. The one thing that everybody can pay attention to, which most people keep up with, celebrities when they pass nobody re- realized that you know other people die too right but you know <laughs> yeah. everybody you, would see, you yeah. know but most people they they truly understand they they notice when a celebrity dies so let's just look at the last few years the average you know before most celebrities would die when they would die you'd be surprised they were even living like oh he died,
1: <laughs> I he was already yeah.
0: dead you know like when george burns died i think when he was yeah, like, was george like burns. i'm just yeah. like He's still
1: alive? You know, Ronald
0: Reagan, It's like when Reagan died, like, oh, I thought he was already dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, whereas now you have the average, like, the last couple of years, you've had all these celebrities dying right between 40 and 60. Most of them, like, yeah. 40 and 50. For some reason, 47 and 57 have been that number that keeps popping back up over and over right. again. And people that you look at and think, like, you thought they were okay. Prince, David Bowie. You know, all yeah. these people like, whoa, where is this coming from? You know, it's like – So And it makes you really start putting things in perspective. Like, okay, man, these people are dying young. You know, even though some, you know, the millennials think like, no, they were old. Like, dude, you realize that's 20 years older than where you are right now, right? (laughs) Like, that's that's not old. (laughs) That's right around the corner for you. And the thing is, these people are dying who are like 20 years older than you. Just imagine, are you going to make it that long? You know, so at the way the trends are looking, it seems like, nah, you probably have about 10 more years left. Or 15 more years left, especially some who are already experiencing diseases and issues that no one in their late 20s and early 30s should even be thinking about. Well, so I
2: agree, unless you're a freak of nature like these these old rockers that were down in, in Southern California and Coachella, you know, the, the Rolling Stones and, oh, and yeah. Waters and, and Neil Young <laughs> exactly. and the Who, you know, average age is 72 on stage. I'm like, how do these guys that were doing all these bad keep things, Tyler, you know?
0: Bannett, uh-
2: Good genes, you know. You look at Mick Jagger and and those guys, yeah. are like, wow, how do these guys? Especially you know
0: the things they've done in the past, like, how are they still here? It's like, God, they 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 must have made a deal with the devil, man.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, you talk to hear them in interviews, Richards. and they say they they go on training regimens before they go on the road. They have, yeah, to, you that's know, right. they know totally they got to work now. When they're older, so. Yeah. Uh, you know the other guy well, Also,
1: also they're they're living their bliss too. I mean, let's be honest. The, the Rolling yep. Stones, be you're having lifestyle. a blast, man. Yeah, if you if you that's have different. a career that you enjoy, that's probably the best thing you can do. Period for your longevity.
2: Yep. Exactly. If you
1: hate your job, I don't care what else you have going on. You could have a great wife at home. You could have nice kids. You could have a great dog. You hang out with every night, but you hate your day it's job. 10. Come You've on. Spent
0: eight to ten hours in a pool of hate. Okay. <laughs>
2: so, hey, Mike, Mike that. preaches that me. over and over on your guys' podcast, you know. I mean, listen,
0: if you hate your job, change it, you know, change it. Do something. make it moves to do something that you like, man. No one's saying, like, hey, go quit it right now. Some people, that may work for them. They may need to go cold turkey. And, you yeah, know, because yeah. one thing about it, you go cold turkey, nothing beats living in the moment when you've dropped everything. You're like, okay, and here I am. What the <laughs> <heck> <laughs> do I do now? All right. <laughs> That's when you, and you know what? That's when you feel alive. Like,
2: yeah, I, exactly, I
1: no exactly. Some yeah. people freak out in that situation, but I'm with you sincere. That that that's that's like my method of operation. I like that shit. I like the stress and the, <laughs> and the exhilaration that comes with it. I'm like fuck it. You know, it's kind of like that gambling yeah, mentality. Yeah,
0: look, man, the average most person so the though, they will not out before I make most of my decisions. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> you know, well, like that's because the three say, of us you know, are alpha. People always talk about their hated. bucket list. I said, "Dude, I have a bucket list." Okay, and the bucket list <laughs> for most people is because they're, they're worrying about dying. I said, "My bucket yeah. list is because I'm focused on living, dude."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. I like that.
0: Yeah, like good that. point.
1: Well said. I like that, man, the fuck it. You should have a book called Fuck It. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter one, my (laughs) fuck it list.
2: That that list in my mind is bigger than my bucket list for sure.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. I like what you said, though, because a bucket list is generally people are going, okay, I'm, I'm getting towards dying, so here's what I want to do on my way out. Well, right. it would be much better to have a fuck it list where you're like, okay, I'm living and I've got, I feel like I have a lot of and years left. So here's what I want to achieve. What's the worst thing
0: that ha- ha- and what's the worst thing that could happen? You can go to Kim Jong from you know, from the hangover. Did you die? No, idea. Well, there you go. That's right. <laughs> Somebody, hey, so you, there's a difference in the fucking list you and the Becky list. The list is damn so dying. And then the fucking list is like, well, did you die? No. Then you look like. And then guess what? You also become an interesting person because now you have stories to tell. The more you say fuck it, the more stories you're going to have, dude. It
1: makes That's you more so interesting.
0: True.
2: Oh,
1: man, that, like, you you know,
2: hit it right man. in the head, man. More life experience,
0: <laughs> for sure. No, it's true.
1: It's true. Everyone, people who play it really safe are the most boring people you'll ever meet in your life.
0: God, man. What are all they guys just say? look at these politicians yeah. when they talk? It's just like, God, you be yeah, yeah, just say, yeah. just say oh, fuck God. it, dude. You know what? That bullshit's not going to work. Somebody, yeah. that's like,
1: I love this one the meme Mike has like – yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Well, we, one we, got, has, we got like, Trump who says fuck it all the time, and that's not working out too well. No, it
0: sure isn't. That's for sure. I
1: mean he got he got this far, so that's that worked out well in that sense, but – well, well you I think I was go so
0: it with a plan though. You know, that's the thing. But when he was
1: thinking something. about grabbing the woman's pussy and said, Fuck it, that probably wasn't the right move, man. You know? <laughs> well it was for him yeah. at the time. It
0: just isn't now. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: oh Christ. That's too much. Oh, too much.
1: I mean, <laughs> changing the subject completely, but what do you what do you think <laughs> about DEXA DEXA scans, Dr. Garcia? Are you familiar with those?
2: Yeah, we we used to have one in the office and it was just uh, too big for our facility. Um, I I think they're great technology. They are able to give you not only bone density and lean mass, but the technology now is so much advanced They can tell you how much you know, what percentage of fat you have on your right thigh versus your left thigh. It, it's amazing technology. But it can uh, scan
1: every organ in the body, right? So prostate Oregon, yes. and liver and yeah. kidneys. So you don't have to do the finger in the butt anymore, you know. To check yeah. your prostate, Well, they
2: have that digestible camera that you that you swallow and it takes three days to get out of your colon and it's just a GoPro in your ass. It just goes from your <laughs> mouth to your butt and it just takes pictures. And then Great. they get the the capsule and they you know develop the film on the on the computer and they say, Oh huh. yeah, you're clean. I mean it's amazing the technology. It's yeah, the size amazing. of a, a Motron tablet. That's it. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I'd rather do that than have the, the black scope of death up there, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, it looks like some Christian dominatrix right, minute, whip man. when they pull <laughs> it off the wall. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I mean, Dr. Braverman out there in New York City, he basically says you're only as healthy as your healthiest organ, right? So you might have right. healthy kidneys, but your liver's messed up. Or you might have a nice liver, but your prostate's messed up. Yeah. Or your lungs could be healthy, but your heart's messed up. So you want to look at all of these things collectively and get a very detailed analysis of, of everything that matters in your overall health.
2: Yeah, Eric Braverman's a really smart dude. And he knows, yeah. you know, it's, when I used to give my lectures on, on anti aging, you know, I used to have a. A picture of a V8 engine. I go, you can't. You know, traditional medicine looks at your GI tract or your heart, and it, each is a different piston. And these guys don't communicate. You got to look at the whole engine right, because you right. might have nine out of ten things working, but that one thing's going to kill you. And it's right. It's it's you have to look at the whole field, just like an athlete would playing sports. You can't just look at at one thing. And and that's where we fall apart. We got to look at everything we do, head to toe, morning to night. And if there's something broken, fix a little something every day.
1: That's
2: the best advice I can give anyone. It's
1: kind of like a proper training regimen, right? You want to get stronger and balanced. You want to make sure that you're not making your shoulders stronger at the expense of your rotator cuff or you're making your back strong at the expense of your hips, et cetera. So you have to train in a balanced manner. You start steering off course, you pull in the reins.
2: Yeah. You have to. It uh, That's that's the beauty of having a plan. Every time I've taken, you know, Philippi's plan and I was feeling good and I went up faster than I wanted to, then I, you know, I, I ended up taking a step back because I was overtraining and this and that. He goes, just follow the damn thing like I wrote it. He'd tell me, <laughs> 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 okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, know, and well, you know, he
1: always has, uh, he always had. I-, I love his three-word analysis after everyone has finished talking for two hours. I remember one guy. This is one guy who used to work out there. He used to he used to be a, I think, a VP at the Hard Rock. Corey, good, cool guy. But anyway, Corey was working out there, and Corey's a pretty good squatter. His deadlift was wasn't very. His deadlift wasn't great compared to his squat and other lifts, bench press, etc. So I remember he was deadlifting, and everyone is analyzing his lift and what he's doing wrong and so forth. <laughs> and then, and then I was talking to Mark afterwards in his office. I was I was like, you know, he seems to load up his legs properly, and he gets in the position. What do you think's the deal? And Mark's like. He's weak. How <laughs> you know, is analysis? Well, you
2: know, he could have taken 20 minutes to tell you, buddy.
1: He's like, he's weak. He needs to get stronger. I like, yeah, okay. There we go. The
0: equivalent of Donald Trump's wrong. Right, yeah, yeah yeah exactly
1: because
0: <laughs> you'd be in jail oh <laughs> you'd be in jail
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> no use just beating around the bush, man with nice little fancy answers
1: <laughs> like yeah, fancy
0: yeah answer.
1: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, oh too much, <laughs> it's too much, no way, we don't want to keep you on all day, but just the, guys, the final listen, thing, as I always
0: know.
2: I love talking with you guys um one thing I will tell you know just before we we get off on the the phone call here. I really want to tell the, the listeners out there that for those of you cheap asses that are not on Patreon and getting this private stuff you can't get any other way, you're fools because it's the wisest investment. You're gonna learn all the good hacks, all the good stuff. Don't be a wimp. Spend the money, get on Patreon. I did it a long time ago. It's the bet I mean, as good as these LLA podcasts are, the secret ones are better. So get on it.
1: I well, appreciate it, man.
2: Thank you. You're awesome. That. I love him. and we didn't well, pay him to you. say that. No, yeah, we well, didn't. So, I paid you, you guys. Paid <laughs> so that's the beauty of it. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's it's something I believe in, and I love your guys' passion, and you teach me something on every episode, yeah, and it's it, you know, I know you you shouted out some of these people don't like some of the quote unquote touchy feely things. You know, you're talking about life. And let me tell you, that guy that, that you were talking that, you know, said, oh, I don't, I'm canceling because I don't want this pussyfooting around. I go, that's the guy who needs it the most. He needs to hear those mm-hmm. stories. You know, we're not going to sit here and talk about deadlifting every, every episode. Jesus Christ, we're talking about life
1: here. <laughs> yeah. They
2: miss out. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. And it's like you uh, said I'll, to him, you know, you better. On. you're I'll better off you not me. here. Yeah. We don't, you know, I'll give you a, the right I'll person.
1: I'll give you a good example. I mean, we did that episode with Ty Ritter, right? Project Child Save. A yeah, exactly. I, I had I had more people unsubscribe from that blast out to my list than any other episode I've ever done. But, but my attitude thinking... is that was completely positive. It's like good riddance, motherfuckers. You, know, yeah. you don't care about helping Guess kids what? that are being kidnapped. Awesome. I say like, I'm insulted that these people were on my list ever. It's like well, what about now on my your fucking list?
0: list. <laughs> that yeah. action, though, but you know. <laughs> Them doing that is actually a symbol of their lives themselves. They unsubscribe from any reality. So yeah, that's correct. all Absolutely. that was. Really, that was just a symbol Absolutely. of who they are in real life, man. It's just they like, just want happy Anytime people. real life, you know, presents itself to them, that's what they do. They unsubscribe from it with a, and subscribe to another distraction, yeah. you know, to take their mind off what's really going on. So oh, actually, that. like, it's, it's a good social experiment. Like, ah, so you're another person that's living in la-la land. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. bye no truth Hit the that's-
1: brick. Well, well my, my attitude is if you, I mean, what kind of person doesn't care about kids that are being kidnapped and put into the most deplorable situation you could possibly imagine? You know, if that's not something the person that that's exploiting pause, those
0: kids, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, now it's you're like, on the But, level my, with but my
1: attitude is if you're, obviously, the people that are exploiting those kids are the worst, but if you're someone who learns about this and then you still decide not to do anything, what does that say about you?
2: Yeah. No, it's. It's tragic, you know. It just so they're going to die, and they'll probably die early. These idiots. So good riddance, you know.
0: <laughs> well, they just right don't, right. Have, they don't have the they're right the, They're not living life, you know. When they when something like that offends them, and they feel like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to learn about that. They're already dead inside, man. <laughs> right. Me. Yeah, <laughs> they're right. already dead. That's the fucking Dead for real, right there. <laughs> yeah, that
2: episode with Ty was. I mean, I almost cried a couple times.
0: <laughs> you
2: know, yeah. it's just God is. Yeah. It was
1: hard not to while we were recording it <laughs> with yeah, Ty. There was, <laughs> you know, so so was a couple the of, the a of muted
0: time. mic moments where I was like, you know, I was like, motherfuckers. That's all I... I it was to the point where I couldn't even see it in my head anymore. I had to like verbally say it out loud, but I didn't want to say why while Ty was talking. I had to keep just like turning my mic off because <laughs> I was getting so pissed off. Things yeah. that you know about, but when you hear the reality someone to actually see it, and you're like, especially if you're a parent, you know, oh. or... Yeah, know, well, I'm just like, because you, everything's going through your head like, man, you know, you always ask yourself, what would you do in this situation? Like, yeah. if that ever happened, to you, you know, if that ever happened to me, I, you know, you always talk about what you would do. But then you think like, well, shit, would I, <laughs> you know, or would I be in a position to do that? You know, you always wonder about that stuff, man. Yeah. So it was like the few times I had to turn my mic off and I just had to like, sometimes like so you need a good motherfucker in your life just to let it out. Just like, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, right. and then yeah. after you say it, do something about it. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, so now your okay, so case obviously, it touched the nerve, it pissed you off. What are you prepared to do about it? So, yeah. And that's the thing. And well, we that's won't the most stop, important we thing. We won't is stop if, talking about that episode. I don't give a
1: damn who you are. We're going to bring it up. <laughs> I mean, if everyone who everyone everyone listened to that episode donated $5, that would have gone a long way to a lot of the missions that Ty and his team do. But the yep. reality is, is that people didn't do that. Otherwise, we would have heard about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, Ty would have been like, man, I just got fifteen thousand dollars in donations from that appearing on your show. <laughs> yeah. So even the exactly. even the majority of people who listen to that episode, even they didn't do jack shit. Yeah. They just listened to it and they're like, OK, this is terrible. And maybe maybe I'll do something about it someday, but not right, right. now. Someday.
0: I'm still looking for that day on my calendar. I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, like, it's I like, it's like what you said. You know, Pope
0: Gregory screwed me with this calendar. I maybe you know maybe it's on another like a Mayan calendar. I don't know, but I don't understand. I don't read Mayan very well with something. But
1: someday it does not appear on my calendar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it when that day comes, they're all dead. So <laughs>
1: well, I mean, here's, here's the thing about about pretty much anything in life, right? There's let, let's say you have an idea you want to execute, whether it's business or improving your personal life or a training idea, etc. And let's say you come across a cause that that evoke some kind of emotional response there's a very short window where you can act on that before it just evaporates into the universe never to be seen again yeah if you hear about so if you listen to that episode with ty i mean you better act immediately in making a donation or doing something because otherwise it's just going to go on the back burner and then you forget about it that's just the reality of life so these window of opportunities are very short (laughs) Yeah. Life continues to
0: keep throwing stuff at you, man. It's constantly throwing shit at you. So, you know, so right. when you see something, just do it then, because there's going to be some more shit coming. Right. <laughs> Come on. One thing about this world, it does not disappoint with providing you with more and more crap to deal with. I'll you kick know, kick your ass right. every
1: day, every day. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, man, well, Jen, great having you on. Let's uh, I let's I love,
2: lo- love it. Anytime, uh, you know, you want, give me a holler. I'm just down the street. You know, we'll we'll do another one. I love this show. I love it.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, thanks thank for you. the
2: opportunity, you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, oh. Julio.
1: And where, where can people find out? You have a website, and where can people find yeah. out more about um, everything you The you're plastic doing?
2: surgery website is lvcosmeticsurgery.com, and the regenerative medicine site is R as in Richard, M as in Mary, I as in Indigo, N as in Nancy, lasvegas.com, and that's where the regenerative medicine stuff is. So, uh, you know, uh, anyone has got questions, I'm on there answering questions all the time. Um, you know, write it to us or just make an appointment. Uh, you mentioned uh, the LLA podcast. Yeah, we'll waive the consultation fee, so no problem there. Okay? Oh, great. Nice. Thank you. All man. right, guys. Listen, you have a great time uh, the rest of the day. Appreciate you, your efforts and keep it up. It, you guys are true motivators to, to me and I'm sure to many others. So God bless and uh, keep pushing on. Okay?
1: Thanks a lot, will Appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk care, to, to
2: you soon. Bye-bye. Great talking to you. you.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so that was another great episode, folks. You know what to do. Go to our websites. Go to aggressivestrength.com. dot com. Go buy some products today, not tomorrow, not next week, not even next month. Right now. Amen. Use that coupon code someday. LLA. Get yeah. use that coupon code LLA. Get ten percent off. It's like, it's like, how many more years do you have to think about whether you're going to buy the aggressive strength <laughs> testosterone booster or not? Come on, three more any <laughs> You're going to keep wondering, oh, man, that stuff sounds great. It's like, yeah, it is great. And you will you would know that if you actually bought it and tried it, along with everything else I carry. And how about with your stuff, man? And and also, those bitch tits are not going to fix themselves, dude. So, <laughs> so, so. Yeah, You may so, need to go to Dr. Garcia for that, and then exactly. you can prevent it from coming back with EC at ASTB, <laughs> et cetera. Exactly. So yeah, man. So on the same note,
0: you can go newwarriortraining.com, do the same thing, man. Use that coupon code LLA. You see something over there that can be bought, buy it. All right. And get 10% off. (laughs) But most importantly, you know, take the doctor's advice, man. He told you guys head over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a monthly supporter of the show over there and have access to the premium episodes that we put out that are not available on iTunes. Somebody brought up like, you know, I can't, you know, hear it on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason for that. You know, that is those. (laughs) those are for Patreon subscribers only. And when you go over there, folks, yeah, you'll see that $1 that's, that's by default in that box. Screw that. Now, unless you're going to put some zeros behind that, or you can start off with $5 as well. And like I said, you'll get access to all the premium episodes, rich in content. And also just, we get, sometimes we veer off on certain topics or whatever, but there's things that we talk about that we don't talk about on this, on these free episodes. All right. So you're one thing about podcasts. People always say like, you know, the way I want to have a podcast is like if someone is sitting right there listening to people having a conversation. We've said that in the very beginning when we started this over three years ago. You know, right. it's just like, you know, we're having this conversation, a really cool conversation, and we want to make it to where it seems like somebody just walked in and they sat next to us at the bar and they overheard this conversation, you know, where the cool thing is about the Patreon episodes, the premium episodes, it's like this is at a private party. This is not just some public bar. You know, this is just like privy to – People that, you know, the cool people, the really cool people, just like, oh, we invited you actually over here. You know, like we let you in our house for the most part. You know, this is the public bar right here. But the premium episodes, that's being you're actually in Sincere Mike's house hanging out with us and really getting the stuff that, you know, like, man, it's not. It's probably stuff that you're probably not even going out and trying to share with everyone else because you're like, well, hey, man, I have the privilege of being there. I'm not trying to just tell everybody about what's going on over here because you should have. You know, you should have been in, you should have been there. <laughs> it's one of those situations and, and that's what's happening over there. So head on to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a monthly subscriber, start at $5 and you can go for more right there. I mean, we've got people that keep bumping up their monthly, don't, you know, monthly contrib- you know, contributions as well. So, and we appreciate that. Like I said, I call it the Patreon bump. You know, they, there may there's an episode where they're like, wow, you know what? That was some really, really great content. You know, it was good before. It was great before, but that was really great. So you know what? Screw the $5, man. Here's 15 you know, and some folks come right in at 25 because they truly understand, like, hey, I like the information I'm getting here. So and also it's very it's more interactive over there. So if you guys have questions or things like that, those are the people that we address first, because why? Well, they're contributing to that. They're they're putting money in. They're putting some skin in the game here. So why not address, you know, their Q&A right off the bat? You know, there's some folks who have never contributed anything, never bought a product or whatever else, never shared an episode, but constantly ask questions and make suggestions about guests. I'm like, oh, and wait a minute. Really? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, man. So, you know, like I say, we, we look out for our folks over there. So make that happen, folks. But other than that, yeah, share the episode. All these episodes right here that can be shared. You can do that as well through any form of social media that you use. That's all you got to do. So that's how you keep the show going and growing. All right, folks. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Anything you want to throw in there, man, before we head out? I think that that's That's it, man. All I'm right. good.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny because Mike's actually like he's talking on Google Talk, so There's always a delay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so It's not like he's like ignoring everybody. It's just like, you know, Google's taking a sweet time to let him say what he has to say. So. <laughs> well, cool, man. That's going to do it for this week, folks. We'll
1: catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. Bye.